Welcome to Love or Nothing Like It, a podcast all about dating, relationships, breakups, finding yourself, and standing on your own two feet. I'm Danny Blanche, a cisgender heterosexual woman recording this on Wajak Noongar land. Welcome to episode one. I wanted to kickstart this pod having a look at the current dating landscape, the trends we saw and experienced in 2022, and what experts expect to see in 2023. I hope 2022 brought you great dates and even greater people into your lives, but it looks like 2023 romance is taking a more grounded and considered approach than previous years. Tinder, Bumble, eHarmony, and Hinge all released articles wrapping up 2022 in dating. They looked at your dating data to figure out what went on between the sheets last year. Whether you experienced the 2022 dating year that was firsthand, are jumping back into the dating game for the first time in a while, or just want to know what you may or may not be missing out on, the stats are interesting and surprisingly positive for 2023. I know we're almost halfway through 2023. I did plan this episode a little while ago. Life got in the way, but I just think it's a really great, great way to set the tone for this podcast. According to Tinder, their number one dating trend for 2022 was owning the situationship. If you're not familiar, a situationship is not quite a relationship, but a little bit more than a hookup. Cosmo describes it as if friends with benefits is platonic friends with sexual benefits, then a situationship is a hookup with emotional benefits. I kind of see it as just old school seeing each other with a millennial facelift. It's that testing the waters phase where you're not quite ready to commit, but may not be seeing anybody else. You're invested, but you are holding back. Tinder seems to think it's a mutual agreement between two people, but I want to know, is anyone out there sitting down and having a conversation and happily defining their relationship and being like, oh yeah, let's define this as a situationship, so happy, not fully committing, let's keep going? No, I think it's more something you define privately in your head while developing a relationship. When you're in that getting to know each other phase and finding out whether they're worth the distance and you might kind of still be keeping your options open. I think the biggest issue with situationships is a lot of people are continuing these on for six months and everything's not defined and it's driving some people crazy. Uh, Look, Tinder only recently introduced a feature to their app, which allows you to label the type of relationship you're looking for to actually label whether you're looking for a relationship or something more casual amongst other options. They've called it your relationship goals, which is something Hinge and Bumble has had for years. But it begs the question, could the fuckboy of dating apps be trying to reform its hookup stigma? Well, only time will tell. I mean, maybe they'll add a situationship button if they think it's so trendy. According to Mashable.com, with a main focus on the changes in dating during the pandemic and how it's changed our dating for years to come, they noticed trends which were focused on re-evaluating what we all really want out of life. People are searching for partners with increased vulnerability and mindfulness. Their stats show that 83% of singles want a partner with emotional maturity, over 78% wanting someone who's physically attractive. Bumble reported on this too, and more than a third of those surveyed were open to dating beyond their physical type. This is really great to see, as dating apps are well known for being superficial beauty competitions. Having lived through a pretty serious time, people are seeking more because they know more about themselves. COVID gave us all time to be incredibly introspective. Dating coach Laurel House has coined this style of dating as prioritizing which is dating on purpose by prioritizing yourself and your needs in order to find and build a healthy relationship. 
rather than a superficial list of wants, people are prioritizing their core values and emotional needs, and they aren't afraid to voice this. Bumble called this guard railing. They describe this as being clearer about our emotional needs and boundaries, being more thoughtful and intentional about how we put ourselves out there, and not overcommitting socially. Similarly, Hinge's Director of Relationship Science says telling someone what you want or hardballing is on the rise. And so it bloody should be. I feel like it doesn't need to be a buzzword that makes you sound like a ball breaker. In simple terms, it's literally just setting boundaries and asking for what you want. It's not rocket science. I think this debunks Tinder's situationship stats, proving that more people are being intentional with their dating and being more open about what they're looking for and aren't willing to compromise on that. According to TheKnot.com and Zach Stern, who is the founder of Official, which is a dating app designed for couples to strengthen their relationship, he says the concept of the situationship and other similar terms are likely going to pass because people now realize they want to get the most out of their relationships. Perhaps this is a generational thing. Younger swipers might be messing around and basking in their situationships playing the field, while the over 30s who are ready to commit to long-term relationships are being more considered and intentional with their movements. Tinder has declared the dinner date dead, apparently, and this is kind of one I definitely vouch for. Dinner dates can be so stuffy and robotic. They're a little old-fashioned, at least for a first date. Only a first date, like you can go out for dinner a little bit later down the track, but online dating moves so quickly. And before you know whether you actually have chemistry or anything in common, for me, a quick coffee or a drink is my favorite way to meet somebody for the first time. And if it's going well and turns into sharing a meal, let it happen organically. Last time I went for a dinner date on the first date, my date chose the degustation menu for us both. And the date was literally four hours of waiting for all of the food to come out and we did not click at all. It was really painful. Keep it short and sweet. And if you click and enjoy their company, you will be able to see them again. Tinder says people are opting for going to gigs together and doing activities together like hiking and mini golf and having picnics or going to a drive-in movie. Hello, 50s resurgence. It's also becoming more common to do all of these things sober. Over 25% of people said they drink less on dates compared to last year, and 83% of Aussie members claim they don't drink or only drink occasionally. eHarmony's 2022 Happiness Index stats also backed this up, noticing that 74% of single daters restricted their alcohol intake in the last year, and 94% said they'd be interested in someone who doesn't drink at all. Gaming was listed as a top activity with Tinder users, showing the rise of 90s culture back in full swing, with many people opting for a want to come over and play video games kind of date. I mean, sure, video games are fun, but it's giving low effort Netflix and chill vibes, and I'm not about it. We're all familiar with red flags and green flags, but a new colored flag reared its head last year, the beige flag. The term was originally coined by TikToker Caitlin McPhail as a warning sign that potential dates were too boring. A beige flag indicates that they haven't made any effort or communicated their actual personality or interests on the dating profile, so you're kind of left with nothing to go by. Examples would be tropes we've seen a hundred times or more, like the debate that pineapple doesn't belong on pizza or that somebody loves Seinfeld. It's all those cliches that don't allow your own personality to shine through because they could really apply to anyone. Those in relationships have actually recently stolen the term and given it a facelift, which has started trending again. The new beige flags are annoying or quirky traits of their partners. 
They're not quite a deal breaker, but not exactly a plus. It's like a little bit of an ick, but more of an idiosyncrasy. People are also admitting their own beige flags. I have a little scroll on TikTok through the beige flag hashtag if you'd like a bit of a laugh. And if you realize you have a few, DM me at love or nothing like it pod and I'll share them anonymously. One of my favorite stats was that astrology was the most popular descriptor added to Tinder, with no surprise that Cancerians, like myself, Leos and Scorpios all the more likely to add their sign, and all star signs were most likely to match with the same zodiac sign. I love that astrology is back in full force. I'm a total astrology buff. I see it as a really interesting way to understand people's behavior and the way we interact with each other And it also kind of encourages introspection. Sure, take it with a grain of salt, but damn, I found it to be really accurate. Astrological compatibility isn't always a foolproof way to love, though. Timing is everything. I've synced my chart with many a potential match, and regardless of awesome compatibility, astrology can't stop someone from ghosting you, from bad timing, or from somebody not wanting a relationship. Probably more my fault for dating a few too many Aquarians, but that is my own burden to bear. Mashable noted that phone and video dates are still gaining popularity. Some people prefer to use this as a pre-date to see if they'd like to make the effort to meet in person. I think it's super smart. The sheer number of dates you're able to go on with dating apps means that it can take up a lot of time and energy. I like to microdose compatibility by sending voice memos first, and if you're vibing... Maybe a phone call or a video chat can be second base and then set up a date in real life from there. It's not what I do all the time, but it's a kind of a cool tool to use. Bumble noticed daters are looking for balance. 52% of people were actively creating more space for rest in their lives. And 54% of people cared more about their potential partner's work-life balance or what has been called a love-life balance. Hustle culture in dating seems to be taking a back seat. I'm assuming that people are looking for partners who have time to develop a connection and ultimately want to be able to spend time with their significant other. Who would have thought? With online dating attracting over 366 million people worldwide, there would be no surprise that people who meet online will also use technology to assist in strengthening their relationships. Apps focusing on dating ideas and virtual therapy have begun popping up. The app Official allows you to match dating ideas with your partner and use mood buttons to give your partner a heads up on how you're feeling each day. You should feel comfortable enough to talk to your partner in person about these things, but some people struggle with communication. So you could use this as a tool to practice and then begin expressing your feelings, wants and needs in person when you start to feel comfortable. The online dating world isn't slowing down. However, the trend towards people wanting more positive dating experiences and deeper connections echo that in-person dating may be on the rise. While online dating is a tried and tested way of meeting people, most singles are a little tired of the online platforms. Kirsty Taylor, a dating and relationship coach, says that more people are realizing that love won't just happen to them. So if they want to meet off dating apps, they need to create moments where they can meet someone in person. This may lead to more people being intentional about meeting and introducing themselves to people. I mean, it's easier said than done, but this is something that I've started to try and explore because I realized how out of practice I was dating in person. Like 13 years ago, I had no trouble walking up to somebody in a bar and striking up a conversation. But even I've noticed that having been on dating apps on and off over the past sort of four years... I'm really out of practice talking to people in person and it's it can be really scary. So that's something I'm exploring and I'll probably do a podcast on it a little bit later on. 
stay tuned. According to Bumble stats, hetero men are getting more introspective about gender roles. 74% of male users say they've examined their behavior more over 2022. Introspection is great, but hopefully it's also changed their behavior from there. Actions versus words, lovers, I'm drilling this into you. You will not hear the end of that from me. More than half of men are challenging stereotypes and getting more in touch with their emotions, and 38% of men talk with their male friends about how they're feeling. 49% of men agree that breaking gender roles in, in a relationship is beneficial. I'd like to see some of these stats begin to swing more in a positive direction. Most of them are just over 50%, which leaves definite room for improvement with the other half of responders. But progress is progress. Stats I would have really liked to see from all of these dating brands is how many people met and entered a relationship, how many people got ghosted or catfished. But does that also maybe reinforce the bad dating stigma? Perhaps it's better to focus on the fluffy but still interesting stats. What's great about all this data is that the landscape is heading towards a more conscious, level-headed and positive direction. It seems singles are starting to do personal work on themselves and expect partners to do the same. Singles are also raising their standards and boundaries to find the right person for them. Dating is typically a marathon and not a race. And one thing we sure as hell aren't doing in 2023 is settling. Thanks for listening, lovers. If you loved this episode, you know what to do. Subscribe through your favorite podcast app and tell one friend you think would love this app. Follow me on Instagram at loveornothinglikeitpod where I deep dive a little further into all pod topics and post some very tasty memes. DM me questions or topics you'd love to hear an episode on. Till next time, lovers.